Hey you guys and welcome back to Daily Venture. I am your host Brandy Day and I am excited as always for um, every episode but this episode is pretty pretty special because you guys have heard um, the voice who pushed and challenged my light bulb to finally go off and for me to um, act upon the calling, I don't even know if it was a, uh, the calling, the purpose, the passion, the drive, whatever you want to um, say about it. But my husband um, was the one to finally just randomly in passing tell me to start a podcast. And I responded with an okay. And weeks later, literally weeks, um, I was launching and had already recorded the welcome and episode one. So I felt that he needed to be on here and he wants to be on here. What are we going to talk about? I have no idea. But our um, our backgrounds and upbringings are polar opposite. So it'll be really interesting to see um, how this conversation evolves. But either way, you guys are in for a treat because he's an interesting individual. Um, who I have the pleasure of calling husband. So um, sit back and relax. Hopefully you're in the car. Hopefully the kids are around. Hopefully you're snapshotting this and um, telling and, and sharing the link and telling your friends and family to join and subscribe and um, ranting and raving about the greatness with behind I daydream. So I appreciate it. Now I'm over here goofing off with you guys, but um, I appreciate it. And uh, make sure you guys, you know, provide us with some feedback. And if you want to hear a part two, that would be awesome as well. So without further ado, here is my husband, Aaron Day, excuse me, excuse me, Dr. Aaron Day, the husband, the father, um, a member gentleman, a man of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity, um, Incorporated, um, a DJ, he's DJ Day, he's a professor, he is, um, what else, now he's uh, on this whole, you know, uh, kick of taking care of his health and eating very nutritious, um, not that he's, you know, been horrible but he's really taking a good little stand and twist as he's getting ready to turn a new leaf into a new era a new decade actually um his birthday coming up so he is a man of many hats um and handles it very well um but i'll let him tell you all of that and to get into all of that so uh enjoy thanks okay so here we go I have the Mr. Day sitting by me, and if you would have heard, if you were a fly on the wall with our previous conversation before I click record, you would have been laughing because he doesn't know what he's getting himself into, and I had to give him all the rules. So, welcome. Hello. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is going to be hilarious. All right, so you want to be on here. Yeah. Tell people why you want to be on here. Uh, I like answering questions. What if I didn't have any questions? Uh, then we just be talking. So tell people about you. Who are you? Who am I? What would you tell? What's your, what's your elevator speech if someone said, "Who are you?" 
I'm How could a, you sum that up? I'm a lot of things. I'm a husband, a dad. I'm a journalist. I'm a professor. I'm a I'm a kappa. I am determined. Oh, here we go. Now he's feeling himself. The eyebrows went up. You're determined? Expand on that. You know, I just feel that everything I commit myself to, I want to do a good job. And I always want to do it better. So um, everything I do, I'm, I'm determined to do it well, I guess. Which is a good segue into my, I guess, first question. Let's talk about your upbringing. Both you and I, this has always been a little screw, for lack of better words, in between us because our upbringings are very different. You come from a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A very, uh, oh Lord, uh, stable. That's a good word. A very stable upbringing. Yeah. I, I guess so. What do you mean, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. You I do. Mean, I mean, so your mo- mother worked in, in the, well, and your grandmother and your aunt worked in the education um, world for, I mean, you combine all of their experiences. That's probably close to 70 years in the education field, right? So maybe you had a, success. Maybe 100, maybe. Maybe yeah. 100. You had success around you a lot. I mean, so your upbringing, you think that played a huge part in your determination now? Um, I think so. I mean, there are lots of, yeah, I mean, there's lots of strong women in my family. Uh, there are some really strong men as well. So I think knowing that, you know, there were successful people who helped raise me set the example. So whether, whether I realize that or not, I'm sure that has, that has a lot to do with my my drive and the reason why I do so much. So do you feel that, I mean, so then on the flip side, your determination, is that just something that was, it's your naturally, that's just naturally built in you? Um, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's natural. I mean, I started working when I was in seventh grade. It wasn't, so when I, when I was in middle school, there was this neighbor around the corner and he would go to, you know, those outdoor swap meets mm-hmm. where people sell stuff. Well, he would sell groceries. You know, he would load up his truck and he would put cereal and toiletries and all kind of like he would have like a mobile grocery store and he would go and set up shop at the outdoor swap meet. And one day he asked me to to go work with him, you know, and so on weekends I would go and help him sell stuff. I would bag groceries and he would pay me about 40 to $50 a day to help him load his truck and, and sell groceries. And so, you know, ever since then, I just, I like to work. So I think it's natural, but it was also taught. So I think it's a little bit of both. All right. Taught. Expand on that. Taught by whom? My mom and you know, my dad, you know, my mom and JJ, you know, they've, my grandmothers, you know, I mean, they were very giving, very giving people. But at the same time, I had to work and earn a lot of what I wanted. Um, so I learned pretty young how to 
how to work for things I wanted. Okay, so um, I'm trying to expand on that, the things that you wanted. So did you save money when you were growing up or did you find yourself working for the things that you, you know, to have a little bit of a cushion to go and do things that you wanted to do and buy things you wanted to buy or were you just saving? No, I was never really a spender, so I would save mostly. I mean, of course, you know, when you're young, you buy things, you know, you go to the movies, you go to the mall, you might want to buy a pair <clears throat> a pair of shoes or something like that, but I was never really a spender, you know, so I, I saved a lot of my money. Um, so, uh, you know, my mom and other people will call me tight, but, but you know, that was just me. I, I never, I mean, to this day, you know, I don't buy... You know this. I don't buy Jordans. I don't buy Nikes. You know, I don't. I don't like anything on my shirts. I don't like nothing written on my shirts. <laughs> you know, if people, I think once people after people hear this podcast, they're gonna start paying attention to how my shirts are always plain. So, um, I was never really into material things. So, I mean, I guess it's just just who I am. I mean, of course, I used to. I mean, I've had a pair of Jordans before. I think. I mean, I've had name brand stuff. I mean, I've bought expensive clothes, but, you know, over the years, I just kind of stopped doing that type of thing. And, you know, so, yeah. Um, what was I getting ready to ask you? I just lost my train of thought. Uh, da, 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 da. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Growing up, you wanted to be a police officer? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Do tell the people why you wanted to be a police officer. You know, I don't know. I mean, well, maybe I do know. I think, well, growing up, I watched a lot of Chips. Remember the show Chips? Yeah, I remember Chips. The the Highway Patrol. The sunglasses and stuff. Yeah, the two guys on the motorcycles. I watched a lot of Chips. (laughs) I used to watch a lot of um, Rescue 911. Oh, I remember that show. Yeah, it was a show where, you know, it was show the ambulance would go and save people and stuff like that. I would watch a lot of cops um there was a show called adam 12 or adam 112 i don't know about that anyway i used to watch a lot of police shows and i was always curious about crimes and investigations and in fact i wanted to be a police officer up until in college and then after my freshman year uh, that all changed so did you go to school and major in something no. Like political science or no, whatever. No, no. Bef- oh. Before I declared my major, mm. I changed my mind already. So, but it, either a police officer or FBI agent, it was something in law enforcement that I was going to try to do. Okay, so how did you make the switch from wanting to be in law, you know, law enforcement to now journalism? Well, j- journalism didn't come till after college. To be honest, it was I knew that. I wanted to work in TV and media. So after my freshman year, I got a job working on a TV show during the summer break. I was working for this show that Bill Cosby was doing. And I made, I mean, at the time, I mean, I thought it was a lot of money. I think I made like hundred hundred bucks a day or something doing like TV work as a production assistant. 
And ever since then, I loved TV. I mean, I loved the pace. I loved the fact that people at home can see the work that you do. And from there, I took a bunch of internships in film and TV. And, you know, the rest is history. I've, I did internships. Um, I worked on movie sets, TV sets. Uh, I've done quite a bit. And then the journalism part came after college mm. when I got my... Well, I did work in the newsroom in college, but it was an internship. But my first main, my first real TV news job came after college. And then that's where I really got interested in TV news. So this is year what for you? In TV news? Mm-hmm. Uh, I started in the fall of 2001... And so 18 years in TV news. Yeah. All right. So you have police officer, journalism. You have all these jobs, all this experience. You're living in L.A. Somehow, some way you end up in San Diego working. Was it on the weekends? You'd work in San Diego on the weekends and live in L.A. during the week or flip-flop? It was flip-flop. So lived in San Diego during the week and then drove to L.A. on the weekends. Yeah, it wasn't every weekend, but it was a lot of weekends for sure. And, and then I'm fast-forwarding here. Then 2005, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to interview in both New York Yep. And Seattle. Right. Why well, in DC. And DC. I actually went to DC for an interview. That's part oh, of it. I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually went to DC. Yep. Okay. And so you ditched New York and came to Seattle. Yeah, I did. What I canceled that? my interview actually with New so York. So why did you cancel? Well Well at the time. Um, well, I applied to three places, New York, D.C., Seattle. I went to D.C. for an interview. Seattle was next. And before I could even leave to get on the plane back to California, the manager here in Seattle offered me the job on the phone. Mm. I was in the terminal about to board the airplane, and she called me and said, we really like you. You're a good writer, you know, we want to hire you and, and, and that type of thing. And so I went back to California, you know, talked it over. I, I almost didn't go because I, I wanted more money. I wanted more money. Um, but at the same time, the job had benefits. You know, it was it was a sorry guys, sorry. It was a, a staff position, and so I just felt that because I was um, because I wasn't getting all those things in San Diego, I was kind of desperate, to be honest. Um, I didn't want to turn Seattle down, knowing that New York and D.C. might not happen, and then I would have nothing at all. And I was 25 at the time. I was new to negotiating salaries I was new to researching employers and so I guess honestly I just took the first thing that was offered to me um, because I was really really in a desperate situation 
And plus, um, you know, I got a chance to stay out west. You know, I knew, you know, Seattle wasn't that far from California. So, you know, I, I, I would have preferred to stay on the West Coast so I can get stay close to home. And here you are, 15 years later. 15? Yeah, 15 years Well, 14. 14 years It'll be 15. Later. It'll be 15 in March. Yeah. For almost 15 years later, and, oh, you have a wife and kids. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it. you never know what life, what direction life takes you. Yeah, this wasn't, I mean, don't. Don't take it the That's wrong way. I mean, but this was not part of my plan, obviously. But I'm happy. It was. I'm happy it turned out this way. But yeah, this getting married and having kids and staying in Seattle this long was, was never part of my plan. But I think it's a learning lesson for people to hear that sometimes you can't try to take matters in your own hands. You know, I mean, out of desperation, obviously, you said that you took the job. But some people, you know, think about the situations there a lot of people will be like no I'm not going to Seattle I'm going to go to New York you know because they want that that lifestyle you know they don't see Seattle as a part of that lifestyle that kind of New York um, provides right but here you are I mean it's almost like you answered a call a calling on you that you would have never seen and now here you are with a different type of lifestyle if that makes sense right um yeah 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 I guess, you can, say, yeah. I guess you can say that. Yeah, yeah, it is a different type of lifestyle. I mean, it's obviously not one that you saw, but sometimes we don't we don't see it. You know. Yeah. You you met me three days while you in your third yeah I, I met you pretty early. <laughs> yeah, the first week. That ain't pretty. It was three yeah, days. I met you the first week I was here. Yeah. And now you're on my podcast. Yep. Oh, isn't that sweet? But this is not. Yeah, guaranteed. Guaranteed, somebody will. Comments. Say we want to hear about how you guys met and all that. That'll be a part two. We got to keep the people one more, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So anyhow, so you're here you're in right. Seattle. You had your BS. Not, the not degree. Bull, not bullshit. Yeah, just BS. <laughs> the degree. Yeah, excuse yeah. me. I'm talking education yeah. people here. Actually, I think it's a BA. Is it? I think so. Oh, yeah, I think so. BA. Whatever. Know. He had his undergraduate mm-hmm. degree. Okay. And so it was some years later, well, a little bit during that time, like once we were like officially together, you were mm-hmm. making mention about wanting a master's. Mm-hmm. I don't even know when you got that master's, but it's been yeah. so long. So what was going on during that time when you started toggling? Had you always wanted a graduate degree? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. In fact, I applied to, I got into two graduate schools before I moved to Seattle. But just, I, I just, just never went. I never, I never, I didn't go. Just a sidebar. Literally, I don't know this stuff. So <laughs> I'm learning this stuff as you guys are hearing it. Not all of it now. Don't yeah. don't be uh, giving me an eye raised eyebrow. But okay, so you applied to two and you just didn't follow back up. And Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go because I was working. I was just so focused on, you know, becoming a TV producer and, and you know, growing my career. I just put it off. I mean, so that's so. Yeah, getting my master's was always something I wanted to do, and then I think you were at the same school here in Seattle when I started. So I think you got your master's before me. A year before. Mm-hmm. So I think you. I think you're the one who introduced me to City U mm-hmm. of Seattle. 
and I, I looked into their program for leadership and um, I read about the classes that I would be taking and the topics and I said, okay, I mean, that'll work. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounded interesting and I knew that the information would, would help me in my career and it would help me, you know, teach, teach more classes. And so I, I went and got my master's. You have the master's. Mm-hmm. Started teaching some shortly after that. Well, I started teaching when well, I was twenty. When I was twenty-one. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. In I LA. was yeah. I was teaching high school. Oh yeah. Another fun fact. He was a dang uh, choir. I was a choir. choir. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? It's very funny. A choir. I choir. Uh, choir. What? What was it? Just it a was. Choir? It was a music class, but it was for the choir. The high school choir at Gardena High. So what were you doing? Like with them? Did you well, guys have concerts and stuff? We did. <laughs> and you were up there like directing and stuff? I had uh actually I had Dom Dominique direct. Hadn't? Yeah. She oh was in my gosh. class. No, so the cla- so I was a sub for about two years. So I would go to different schools and sub, but Gardena called and said, Hey, we need someone to teach this class for the whole school year basically because they had nobody to do it and i was like all right i I wasn't look i never pass up money so that's a nugget by the way i said uh i just said you know what i've never taught music but i'll figure it out so i took the class i leaned on students who were in the choir last year um you know so I just made it work, you know. So I was a 21, 22-year-old music teacher. And, yeah, we did concerts. You know, we had soloists. Um, you were there. It was pretty were funny. Were you there instructed the whole year? Was it like the whole year? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I think the only reason why I may have stopped before the end of the year was because maybe I took a, another job somewhere or something. But... I was at Gardena High School for a, lo- a long time. Um, yeah, so there were concerts. We had a piano in the classroom. You know, um, we sang Kirk Franklin's, was it Rain? Rain Down on Me. Rain Down on Me. Rain, um, yeah, Rain so, Down I forgot that. So anyway. I forget. So yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Melodies from Heaven. That's what it's called. Oh yeah, Melodies from Heaven. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, but it was fun, and they sounded good after a little bit. You take credit for them sounding good? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You know sopranos and altos? And I know. I know. I sang in the choir. I used to sing in the choir with my but, grandmother. But you got the you got a, a ear for the sound and stuff? Did you have them like, all right, my tenors ear, and sopranos, you hold off, altos go? Like My, my ear was good enough. Oh, my God. Anyhow, all right, so you answered the call to be a choir director, music teacher, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Yep. So you're not shy to answer a call to make some money. No. So you have a hustler's mentality here. You love money. You love to hustle and have a side hustle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always had one. one. Yeah, Yeah, as long as I've known you had two jobs. Yeah. Multiple jobs, excuse me. Right. That's a good learning lesson for people to... I mean, look, 
I don't, I'm not, I don't think people have to live life that way, you know, cause you can certainly have one job and make a lot of money and be very, very happy. But, um, for me, I just knew that my calling was in two areas. And so while I was pursuing television, I felt like I had no choice but to pursue teaching because I was good at that too. And so I'm just basically, I guess what I'm doing is I'm trying to capitalize off of what I'm good at and my, and my strengths. So, I mean, it, it would be different if I was a TV producer, but, you know, I would go work retail at a mall or something like that's not for me you know that's not what i'm good at I, i'm not a sell I, I can't sell nothing i'm not a salesperson right it's not like i'm working tv and i'm and i go sell cars at night um you know if that was my gift then i would do it but you know teaching and you know being in a learning environment is is also something i'm good at and so that's why i've been that's why I have two jobs. I've always had at least two jobs, you know, for almost 20 years now. Well, that's good. Congratulations on that for being such a hard worker. That Thank was you. that was really genuine. That really Thank was. you. Don't be. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to move. Now, I don't want to have four and five forever. You know, I don't want that. But, you know, it's fine for now. But the thing, you're learning a lot of valuable lessons, not lessons, but just a lot of valuable, you're exposing yourself to to being open, to being open to new opportunities and every opportunity that you've taken, you've, you've grown because you're, you're currently um, doing like leadership classes on stuff that I wouldn't even would have thought that you would be doing. Mm-hmm. teaching people life skills and all that stuff when that's not your that's not your background quote unquote but you're allowing yourself to just kind of grow and learn and yeah. lead and make an impact yeah that's what it's about I mean you can't just ain't no time to chill you know it's you gotta figure out what's next you know, and you got to grind and keep going. And if you could change lives at the same time, that's even better. You know, I've, I've, I always keep a book in my car. And if it wasn't a book, it was a magazine when I used to subscribe to magazines. So I just think life is, is always about, you know, learning, growing, um, always being prepared to grow. Right. So I don't know if you know this, but every time I go to the barbershop, you know how black barbershops are. Mm-hmm. The barber sometimes isn't on time or whatever. So before I go to the barbershop, I always make sure I have a book with me. That way I could sit in the car or I could sit in the barbershop and read something. Or if I'm waiting for the kids to wrap up practice, um, I have something I could read. So, so yeah, I just think, you know, to grow, you got to always look for opportunities to grow. So I think the more you're prepared for that, 
the the more likely you are to to be successful you know so so when people call me and say hey you know can you teach this class or can you can you teach this workshop you know i want to be able to say yes i can teach it because i just read an article about that or i just got through reading a chapter about this topic last week or you know, I have this book that has an entire section on this, right? So, um, you know, I, I just want to be always be prepared for when a phone call comes. So stop. Um, I think a lot of times people feel like they have to be certified or this, you know, um, this expert in a particular field to feel like they're qualified for it. When you just got done saying you read books enough to feel like, you know, to position you to be confident to stand in front of people to speak to them on a specific topic. Yeah. I th- do my degrees help me? Of course. But there are lots of people who don't have those those degrees who do very well. Uh, you don't have to have a master's or doctorate to, to do what I'm doing necessarily. I mean, it helps me get more opportunities. But, yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, everybody can become an expert at something. I think you just got to figure out what topic or what subject matter you want to become an expert in and then, you know, go for it. So, yeah. You're doing really good. Okay. Thank you. See, it's just like a conversation, huh? Yeah. I just hope people aren't bored. They're listening. not bored. Well, people need to understand. That's why the audience is catered to, I say parents and youth, because I feel like it's essential for kids to hear this type of conversation because, well, parents too, friends and family, whoever. I just think that it's good for people to hear because, you know, they have this image that people's lives are set up just what they see on the outside when we just got done hearing that you were living in two different places oftentimes just to make a dollar you know and further your career at the san diego and la yeah people have no idea so talk about that then i mean you did struggle you know just because you have a degree (laughs) doesn't Uh mean you graduate and everybody ends up on wall street because that's not everybody's reality like you struggled hell i struggled you know? Yeah, I mean, people look at my situation now and, you know, I'm sure, pretty sure they think, you know, I do well, which, which, yeah, I mean, I do well, but it didn't, I mean, Happy I didn't start, now. I didn't start making a lot of money until, let me see, I, I, I can't, I don't think I made enough money to where I could say I was comfortable until at least after I was 30. When you also work I mean, in an industry, though, too, that yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fight. I mean, I wasn't making a lot of money in San Diego. Um, so that's why I drove to L.A. on the weekends, because L.A. would call me and say, hey, do you want to come right for the morning show on the weekend? You know, and, and so I would say, heck, yeah. So sometimes I worked seven days a week. I would uh, get off work in the morning in San Diego and then drive to L.A. so I could work Saturday morning. And then I would drive back Sunday to get ready for my shift in San Diego. So, um, you know, I had a Toyota Camry I was leasing, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I was just I was just like, you know what? There's no way I'm gonna stay under the miles in this car. So, um, yeah, I did a lot of driving, 
Um, I have I had eviction notices on my door. I mean, I had people looking for my mm-hmm. car. In fact, when I moved here, my Camry was on the truck being transported to Seattle, and the loan people were looking for my car. Mm. <laughs> but they couldn't get it because it was on the it truck. Was um, so I moved to Seattle in debt and very behind on bills. And so, um, yeah, people don't know that. So it's, uh, it's been a struggle. That was good. Thanks for sharing. Cause not everybody wants to share that. Uh, oh, what? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I have no problem sharing my story with people about how I struggled. I mean, I used to eat Eggos and Top Ramen for breakfast and dinner or tuna and cereal. Uh, all I drank was Tampico. Mm. You know what that is? Yeah, I know what Tampico is. I, oh, okay. I never drank Tampico. But. Talk about a non-nutritious dinner like Eggo waffles and then wash it down with Tampico. Mm. So, mm. I mean, they were... That just I mean, nasty. Um, I told you about the toilet tissue. Yeah, you told me about the toilet tissue. You I mean, told me about toilet tissue. I mean, tissue. I mean <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one day I was, I had no toilet tissue uh, at the, at my apartment, and I was broke. I had no money, but I always knew that my job kept a stash of toilet tissue in the bathroom. <laughs> so one night, I think I took one roll just to get me through till I got paid again. And so, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's stealing. But shoot, what else I was gonna do? You should go give them their roll of toilet paper back. <laughs> They'll be okay. <laughs> the point here is that yes, it's everybody's reality when they graduate isn't after they graduate college and have a degree that it everything is uh, juices and berries, and you know, everyone doesn't end up on Wall Street, right? Um, or with a job that um, provides them with a steady paycheck that. Um, provides them with a comfort of living, you know, gets them through the next two weeks. Um, And another learning lesson here is that reading will position you and will build your confidence to um, be the expert that you are and you desire to be and standing in front of a a room of, of people. Um, you just need to get a book and you need to read, um, and always just try to, you know, add value to yourself by exposing and investing in yourself and investing in yourself doesn't have to be monetary. It could be just going and purchasing a book. Actually, you don't even have to purchase a book. You can go to the library. You know, we all have access to getting library cards and it's just that easy. Um, I mean, we all have pretty much all of us have phones. You can Google, you can YouTube. And so, Sometimes we are the ones that are holding ourselves back, but we have to think bigger than if you don't have the money, that's fine. But you have to think bigger than what, you know, a hundred some odd dollars could do for you. You just got to believe in yourself and go get it. I started, I started reading lots of self-help books from black authors like, you know, Dr. Miles Monroe, Naeem Akbar, you know, Francis Chris Welsing, um, Dr. Milana Karenga. Um, I mean, there are a lot of 
books out there. You know, there was there was uh, when I lived in Inglewood, there was a a black book sh- bookstore down the street, and I would always go there. Zara's. Zara's books oh, and things. Still there. I would always go there and try to find something, right? So, I mean, if you don't know which topic you want to become an expert in, start with yourself. You know, become an expert in you. You know, what do you, what's important to you? What do you value? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, why do you even exist? And so, you know, that might be a place to start for people who, don't know what topic or subject they want to to read about. That's good. Um, you're getting ready to uh, turn over a little new leaf here, going into a new decade of life, you know? And it feels like you're just getting started, kind of, with your career. I mean, you're, you know, yeah. you still have a long way to go. But that's a good thing, and not in a bad way, but... Um, yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that? You know, I feel good. You know, I, I, I do think at some point I'll slow down, for all the right reasons, though. But for now, I feel good. I mean, my teaching and my consulting career is is just taking off. As far as journalism, that's doing really well. So I'm I'm wondering what's next for me in that area. But uh, yeah, but I think these next this next decade will be very exciting. All right, so you know this audience caters to, like I said, parents and youth. Um, the point is to just try to give them, you know, topics worth talking about. Um, there's a lot. We're not the only household that's running all over the place with things to do. Kids here, going there, work here, work that, emails and, you know, our extracurricular things that we're involved in too. But um, let's talk about... Um, what were you thinking when you told me start a podcast? Well, okay, my phone, my watch is dinging, and he's looking at me. Sorry, I never have it on ring, so I'll turn it off. My bad. Go ahead. Why you got to do that to me? What was I thinking when I told you to start a podcast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, it, I guess this was my idea. Actually, two things. What? I daydream. You played a huge part in that, too. You remember the day you told me? I was miserable coming home from Boeing. And I said what? You said you just need to write down what makes you happy and what brings you joy and like what what gets you excited. You remember that? No, but I'll take credit for it. Oh, gosh. Well, you did. So it was that and the podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, well, well, with the podcast, look, leaving corporate America to start your own business or nonprofit is a big risk. And, you know, success doesn't come easy for anyone who's working as an entrepreneur like yourself. And so, I mean, there's been, I mean, look, there's, there are ups and downs when you're running a business or nonprofit. And so I just felt that um, a podcast would be another tool for you to market I daydream. I felt that it would also give you a space to express yourself uh, and to express your your love and your passion for youth and and the organization. And so, um, 
you know, because, you know, when you when you request grants, when you are waiting for, you know, different partners and schools to get back to you, I mean, there's a lot of downtime, you know, during that waiting period. And let's just be honest, sometimes waiting for an answer can be frustrating. Um, it can be disappointing if the answer is no and all that stuff. So to me, it just seemed like a podcast was a was a good way to help you um, fill the gap, you know, during those in between times, and and um, I mean, and primarily just to get the word out. You know, I think you know you do a lot of good things, and people need to hear about them. So I, I guess that's why I said that. I mean, you move pretty quickly. You, I think you. I think I said it one day and you were recording your first podcast in the next week or two. So it's work. It's working out. Mm-hmm. And now here you are, as I said, now you're on the podcast and you're so excited. Yeah, this is fun. All right. Well, I end every um, episode with... First impressions are lasting impressions, and how are they for how are first impressions lasting impressions? When you think of all of the situations that you've encountered, all the jobs, all the you know mentors that you've had over time, I mean, you can attest that you've made some great impressions on people and you haven't made some great impressions on people, but how are those first impressions that you make on somebody like lasting and like, what are some tips that you could, inspiration or encouragement that you can say um, that falls along those lines? So how do your first impressions create the lasting, create the lasting impressions? Yes. That's a pretty deep question. Yeah, it is. And everybody gets stumped on it every time I ask, too. That's why I'm sitting here looking at you, because your face was, like, going all different types of ways. I'm not sure how I wasn't prepared for this question, because I've listened to other podcasts before. (laughs) Don't know, because everybody has gotten the same question. Give me a few seconds to think about that. So... So are you referring to first impressions on other people that I come up, that I meet? Is that what you're kind of referring to? Yeah. I mean, you hear about don't burn a bridge, you know, through your, through your lifetime or whatever. Um, you know, always make a, a great um, impression on people. I mean, you want to show up and, you know, set the tone. You, um, you know, a lot well, of people don't really know. Well, you know, I think. I've become very comfortable in my skin, you know, I mean, TV news, there are not a lot of black men who do what I do. And early in my career, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I I said a lot of wrong things to people and, you know, perhaps those things hurt me, but, but I think to make a good impression, you need to be confident Right. I think I think confidence is important. Um, I think your posture is important. Right. The way you carry yourself, you know, the way you speak, um, you know, because if no one 
if you're not going to have confidence in yourself, then nobody else is. And so I just try to make sure that I'm confident. I also, I think in order to make a good impression, you got to do your homework too, right? If you, if you know you're about to meet someone or you're about to make a phone call or someone's going to be reaching out to you, you know, what, what can you learn about that person or that organization? You know, what, what information is available for you to understand what words to use, what examples to use? So I, I, think, I think that's really important, too, if you want to make a lasting impression. Is, is, uh, be a student of the people you're meeting, the organizations you're visiting, um, even family. You know, even even just friends, family, whoever you're you're engaged with, just just do your homework. You know, um, and be open minded. I think that's that's relevant too. Is to is to have an open mind, and perhaps one of the most important things is the is the follow up. You know, I, I'm a very persistent person, but but some people. Uh, some people can be annoyingly persistent. And so just just finding that balance of, of following up versus waiting is, is, is a good one, too. I hope I answered the question. And also, no, it's fine. I mean, just is, is your take on it. But also see an opportunity <clears throat> versus waiting for an opportunity to come. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think two of my teaching jobs... Two of the two of the schools where I teach now, I got those jobs because I went to them. I created those opportunities for myself. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't think you wait for anything to come to you. It would be great if stuff just falls into your lap, but but you know look look at where there's a need. Where is there an opportunity to fill, to solve a problem or to fill a gap. I think that's important. You know, that's what I'm saying. Do your homework, study the organization, you know, look at what they have and look at what you have and and how can you add value? Because every organization has a purpose or a mission that's much bigger than the organization itself. You know, so how can you help someone or something achieve their goal? And, you know, so that's kind of, that's what I do. You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, look, some, some jobs are posted. Some things are very clear, but at the same time, if you want something, go out and try to create an opportunity for it, for it to happen. Um, okay. Well, congratulations. On what? You finished. You did a good job. Oh. Oh, you weren't, you weren't already be done. I'm fine. You literally might have the longest episode. I'm going to have to count all my minutes. So that's a wrap. You um, about my DJing. No, I didn't talk about your yeah, DJing. Uh... No, I didn't talk about the DJing. 
you'll be back for part two, I'm sure. Because people are probably going to be like, well, how did you guys meet? And all that other stuff. I'm sure somebody will ask. But um, in the meantime, you're not really active on social media. So I won't ask how can people catch up with you. Because I was scrolling through your social media today. It is so random. Which one? You've got one social media. No, Facebook I mean, Instagram, Instagram right? I mean, and Facebook don't count. I don't uh, really like Facebook like that. Uh, Instagram is very random. I post stuff every now and then. Yeah, every... Exactly. But, but That's I, exact, that should be your name on Instagram every now and then. <laughs> All right. Anyway, thank you for joining. Um, thank you guys for listening. Remember to rate this podcast and leave us a review. Um, hashtag daily venture d-a-y-l-y-v-e-n-t-u-r-e um snapshot it subscribe share 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 because when you share it and tag me um i add it to my highlight so thank you um send us an email at hello daily venture at gmail.com h-e-l-l-o d-a-y-l-y v-e-n-t-u-r-e at gmail.com and again thank you guys this is episode six we're on our way getting closer and closer to episode 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 70 80 yep my birthday's coming up um and i will be asking for amazon gift cards this is a shameless plug because there are some things that i want to get off of amazon for my podcast so if you just want to, you know, grace me, bless me with some goodies, that would be so nice. I should just go ahead and put my cash app little handle in the notes. I probably will do that because my birthday's coming. I'm so excited. It's like I'm not the one to put out there that I want gifts. So um, I won't do that. Anyhow. All right. That's it, Michael. Well, I call him Michael. It's Aaron, but. That's it. You did a great job. Thank right. you. Love you lots. Yeah, thank you. Love you did too. a wonderful job. Peace out. Keep it going, y'all. It's a daily venture. Bye.